0: Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region.
1: Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. My enemy's enemy is, of course, usually my friend in the Middle East, but sometimes it is more complicated. Ten years ago, the Islamist Hamas organization, a Palestinian group based in Gaza, fell out with the Assad regime in Syria, because Hamas officials assessed, like most intelligence agencies, that Bashar Assad is doomed to be swept from power. Late last month, with Assad still ruling Syria thanks to help by Russia, Iran and Hezbollah, Hamas returned to Damascus, conceding a reality in which both parties do not have a surplus of allies. Is there more than meets the eye in the Syria-Hamas story? Joining us from Central Israel to deliberate this matter is Colonel Dr. Iran Lehrman, who is a co-host of TV7 Middle East Review, a Powers in Play co-panelist, as well as the Vice President of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, and the Editor-in-Chief of the Jerusalem Strategic Tribune. Thank you for joining us, uh, Dr. Lehrman. You are
0: always welcome.
1: Indeed. Also joining us from Northern Israel is Major General in Reserve Gershon Akoen who is an IDF Army Corps commander. Thank you for joining us as well, General. Good morning. Also joining us uh, here in the studio uh, is our TV7 uh, editor-at-large, host of Powers in Play, Watchman Talk, and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a little bit of an outline. What is the complexity of this relationship, and what should Israel identify from this renewed attempt of forging an alliance?
2: So, as you said, uh, it's complicated uh, in more uh, ways the, than one. The uh, uh, Syrian, Syrian Ba'ath regime or Syrian Assad family relationship with the Palestinian national movement and its various uh, organizations has not always uh, been peaceful. Um, Hafez Assad, Bashar's father, tried to use uh, the Palestinians uh, in his... Uh, warfare against Israel, but there was no love lost between uh, uh, Hafez Assad and Yasser Arafat, and Bashar Assad too um, is not uh, necessarily a friend of the Palestinians. Now, as you mentioned, uh, when uh, Assad's days were numbered, as um, some Israelis said Uh, and they are still counting the days, uh, 11 years later. Um, Hamas uh, saw fit to uh, support the uh, dissenters from the Assad regime, the protesters, uh, and um, they. for the last 10 years, they were out of Syria, and when they were um, based out of Gaza, they preferred Turkey. Now, obviously, Turkey is not a great friend of uh, Assad, and uh, when uh, the uh, Turkish-Israeli rapprochement took place over the last uh, several months, the Hamas um, uh, cell or political headquarters in Turkey had to leave. So the, uh, the Hamas uh, officials, their political liaison officers, must find some other place, and they went to Damascus, by the way, not on their own. There were other Palestinian factions, such as the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. The Syrians made sure that there are no favorites among them. So they they met with Assad uh, for a photo op, but what will take place later remains
1: to be seen. Indeed. Dr. Lerman, I'd like to start with you. The construct of the Islamist Hamas organization is not a cohesive construct, meaning that there are various officials, there are various families, each one represents his own connections to a strategic uh, alliance. If it uh, is uh, one uh, leader sitting in Qatar, who has close ties to the leadership in Qatar, the other sits in Turkey, another sits in Egypt, and another sits, of course, in the Islamic Republic of Iran uh, with this organization, of course, uh, deep affi- uh, deeply affiliated with the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, is this a prelude to uh, an explanation, if you will, in which the official who had the Syria file for its relations with Syria uh, fell in favor with the Assad regime or vice versa? and? Uh, this is now re-emerging into a new relationship after the uh, fences were mended?
0: Well, clearly uh, Hamas uh, has uh, various uh, talking heads and, uh, and, and various factions. Uh, uh, there's a, almost an inherent tension between the leadership outside the Gaza and the interests of the leadership inside Gaza. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think we should look elsewhere for an explanation here. Uh, a couple, uh, uh, Amir has already mentioned the Turkish uh, day aspect. For years, Hamas has relied on Turkey as the patron. Uh, under Erdogan, as the patron of Muslim Brotherhood and Muslim Brotherhood-affiliated organizations across the region, and um, clearly, the uh, Turkey now with its uh, uh spiraling uh, economy and and, uh, and an electoral problem looming large for Erdogan is uh, is doing something else altogether. It's courting the emirates courting Saudi Arabia, uh, building bridges to Egypt uh, the situation in Libya no longer puts them at loggerheads with each other and uh, as you as Amir mentioned has uh, launched a new bid to rebuild relations with Israel including, uh, quite significantly, a visit uh, coming up of uh, Minister of Defense Benny Gantz. We, we should bear we should bear in mind that since 2010 there have been no security relations with Turkey, after years and years of of close cooperation. So for Hamas, Turkey is no longer a reliable, uh, um, let's say. Uh, patron uh, or, or, or regional force to, to, uh, upon which they can lean uh, when they're in trouble. They are almost by necessity drawn uh, to the Iranian side. And the Iranian Iranians have been the, the sponsors and, and, and allies of the Assad regime uh, since the beginning of the uprising. You're absolutely right that at the beginning Hamas sided with the rebels Iran and Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is an Iranian proxy sided with the Assad regime, and there was for Hamas a split, a very serious split uh, with the uh, Syrian regime. But the war in Syria is practically over uh, as a uh, let's say as a central issue. People are still killing each other. Uh, the situation in Libya is unresolved. But there's basically, let's say, a uh, a balance struck between the three uh, centers of of power in the country, the the regime, which controls most of it, the SDF under American uh, support, which control uh, the uh, the northeast, and uh, and the uh, rebels who are under Turkish guidance still in control of parts of the northwest but there's not that that is not such an active issue as to pull hamas away from iran anymore so in line with their indeed. growing dependence on iran they are also uh, mending fences with damascus that's that's i think the essence of what's what we're seeing
1: indeed well I, i'd like to ask you general quen uh, uh for your perspective but uh, also there, there's much talk about turkey obviously and uh, we see near daily Uh, attacks, uh, incursions, bombardments by Turkey uh, in northern Syria, Uh, while in tandem we also hear Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan mention sporadically, not uh, all the time, that he is not rejecting the possibility of sitting down with uh, the uh, uh, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad and re-engaging with him uh, as uh, a neighbor. Uh, Is this also one of the ingredients that brought about uh, Hamas's interest to re-engage with the Assad regime since I don't think uh, uh, or it's safe to say that uh, the Islamist Hamas would not like to become an enemy of Turkey, uh, let alone an adversary within the Syrian field.
3: And the main tension inside Hamas uh, leadership and the split is a deeply interesting, because the main uh, split is not just uh, various voices. It is really uh, clearly coming to be two groups. One, those who are preferring the ideological orientation of uh, Muslim Brotherhood. And this is a religious orientation, and the other this is a military group with with from Gaza Strip that preferring the military interests. And here we can really recognize uh, the decisive uh, power of the military group preferring uh, to join the axis of Iran and Hezbollah together with uh, Assad. So they really paid for that uh, new alliances just drawing away Khaled Mashal from leadership. Of course, Qatar is also uh, together with Turkey against this new step of Hamas. And in a way it is also an interest of Hezbollah not only just to join Hamas to the axis of Iran Hezbollah But also they have troubles from uh, experiments of Hamas to really be active in the Israeli-Lebanese front. And the Hezbollah absolutely uh, trying to prevent it. Maybe they can send them to Syria. In Syria, they can let them more freedom of action against Israel.
1: Very interesting indeed, Mr. Owen. Well,
2: um, General Hakohen uh, was in charge, as you mentioned, of an army corps uh, which would have fought uh, in, in Syria as well as in, in Lebanon uh, had a northern war erupted between Israel. It would and- be the person
1: to capture Damascus.
2: Uh, yeah. Damascus, at least Damascus, <laughs> and perhaps go beyond uh, to uh, uh, Euro-Asia and, uh, and points west. Um, if they didn't stop him, he would go to the uh, canal, to the, to the English Imagine Channel. Um, but uh, in any event, for the first part of, um, of the operation, um, he would have seen um, Syria and Lebanon as, as his terrain. And the question goes to whether Hamas is becoming more vulnerable if it sets up offices in Damascus, as it had uh, earlier. Because if Israel has um, an operation against Hamas in Gaza, and Hamas uh, has also a target in Damascus, um, whoever sits there can also become a target um, for a targeted assassination. Um, just a point to ponder
1: indeed but uh, well, well, of
3: course i'll just uh, uh, jump to say that in the last engagement with jihad they have been aware the jihadic islamic group in palestinian jihadic group in syria that they are vulnerable and therefore they disappear from their bases uh, due to the awareness that they can be part of the engagement in gaza
1: indeed which was also the case uh, previously dr lerman yeah, definitely
0: um, the defense establishment at the time, I think uh, Defense Minister Gantz uh, specifically, said that our operations against Palestinian Islamic Jihad would not necessarily be confined to Gaza. So that was a fairly heavy hint that uh, um, their their presence in Syria could, could be vulnerable. Uh, there has been, things have happened before without uh, taking uh, responsibility in the name of Israel for any specific operation. People have um, paid with their life for an anti-Israeli activity, anti-American activity uh, in in Syria uh, over the years.
2: And there is Uh, a difference.
0: Syria is extremely complicated now because it is also the scene of the Israeli uh, CBW, uh, Campaign Between the Wars, or Mabam by its Hebrew initials, Uh, Which uh, may or may not bring a greater degree of tension with Russia against the background of the uh, overall Ukrainian situation. And the uh, pro Iranian elements uh, have uh, now uh, made it a habit to retaliate against, uh, after Israeli operations, to retaliate against the Americans, which uh, adds another dimension to the Syrian complications. It may be in the interest of the Syrian regime, which, quite frankly, is deterred, Uh, we know this for certain, is deterred from acting directly against Israel. They uh, have a clear sense of the balance of power and have no, uh, um, are not tempted to tangle with Israel directly. But uh, having Hamas more in their corner, uh, perhaps in the mind of Bashar al-Assad, is a way of uh, indicating to Israel that there are other ways uh, to retaliate uh, against uh, Israeli operations in Syria. And,
2: the, and there is a difference between Syria and Lebanon uh, because Israel um, has not operated within Lebanon or even against Lebanese targets outside of Lebanon. There is um, a, a balance of uh, terror, uh, mutual deterrence between Israel and Hezbollah. Uh, in this regard and had Hamas tried to tighten its relationship uh, with Hezbollah, of course, these are two um, Islamic uh, movements, it would seem natural and they do have uh, ties, of course, but Israel would have found it uh, more difficult to um, disrupt uh, this um, tightening of relations. Why is Hamas uh, not doing it vis-a-vis Hezbollah? Because Uh, Egypt would not like it, and Egypt controls what is happening in Gaza, and Hamas is quite mindful of the punishment that Egypt uh, can eke out uh, of him.
1: Indeed. Well, I'd I'd like to ask also, uh, General uh, Aquin, uh, Roughly a week and a half ago, uh, there was a strike uh, in the western part of Rif uh, Damask uh, in which, uh, uh, among others, uh, a Chinese raider was targeted, uh, of course, uh, Chinese raider in the employment of uh, the Syrian armed forces. Uh, Does this indicate that also China is playing an increasingly deliberate role in the Syrian arena, also by sale of sophisticated weaponry and early detection systems?
3: By sailing, of course, yes. they are really delivering new technology, high technology that is absolutely necessary there. But the fact that Chinese radar was attacked is not that Chinese are really acting or coming to take a, a concrete a role in this uh, engagement and uh, if we are just going back to what is the meaning of the Israeli attacks, it is by the decimation to prevent uh, new equipment to enter to the arena. This is part of this uh, rationale of the campaign. In a way, speaking about Hamas, it is also a new uh, power in this uh, arena that the IDF will really have to take seriously this uh, new emerging phenomena that something is really definitely changing the arena.
1: Dr. Leoman, to what degree does Israel take this seriously?
0: I I think we are monitoring uh, the Chinese activity in the region quite closely, and and of course uh, the Americans. Supply us with reams of information about uh, Chinese ill intentions, uh, trying to persuade Israel to keep a distance from China, which is in in itself uh, an, an under- part of a larger story that we cannot go into here. I would say, however, that uh, if I was looking at uh, the, the Syrian situation from the point of view of, uh, of uh, Chinese uh, power that seeks to uh, let, enhance its uh, reputation, I would avoid Syria like the plague. Um, the Russians lost much of the prestige of the weapon industry back in 82 when we defeated the Syrian air defenses. This was a major blow. Uh, to uh, to Russian uh, technology uh, operation uh, Arzav 19 uh, uh, it's uh, um, I think one of the greatest achievements in Israeli military history uh, somehow drowned out by the other problems of the 82 war and uh, um, if the Chinese do not want to see their technology defeated um, in broad daylight or in midnight at midnight I, I think they should avoid I-, I would advise them to avoid Getting tangled in Syria, the Russians have found a different solution. They uh, they talk to us, we talk to them, and we avoid tangling with each other. Um, and so, and and whatever uh, catastrophic failures uh, they can always chalk up to the idiocy of the of the Syrians, which you know, among other things, have already shot down a Russian plane uh, uh, during uh, the last few years of crisis. So um, I'm not sure that this is an inviting target for China to get seriously invested in.
1: Mr. Oren, uh, I'd like to actually take the developments in Syria and translate to what it means for the Gaza Strip. Are we seeing an increased Iranian involvement in Gaza proper beyond what we've seen to date? Well, you know,
2: we are looking at it from our point of view, which may not coincide with the way it is looked at uh, in Tehran or in in other capitals. And it's a matter of priorities. Um, Let's uh, mention uh, first um, Russia and then go back to to Gaza. Go ahead. Um, After the Russian-Ukrainian conflict in 2014, the next adventure that uh, President Putin um, decided on was helping Assad Um, and uh, he did manage um, to um, reverse what looked like the, the trend towards defeat into victory, or at least to sustain the regime. But this was then when there was no new Ukrainian conflict. Now Syria is a secondary front for Russia. It is taking troops and systems out of Syria into the Ukraine, all they want to do in Syria is to maintain the same level on on two dimensions. First and foremost, their own foothold in air and naval bases. And secondly, the Assad regime. And there is no problem there, as Iran mentioned earlier regarding the war, but also because Israel wants Bashar Assad to remain in power. Israel doesn't want to decapitate the regime, and therefore, on this unless front... He has, sorry? Unless, he
0: ha- unless he makes a terrible mistake and makes it... Well, th- then we, it...
2: We,
3: we, but yes. Uh, uh, I, I agree with what was said now, that Israel really has have a lot of interest to keep this regime.
2: So, but, but going back to what uh, Iran just said, it will not be regicide, but suicide if Israel uh, takes out Assad following uh, something stupid that uh, he provoked. But um, then again, going to, to the Iranian policy uh, towards Gaza. Of course, they, they want to uh, uh, disrupt uh, Israel. They, they uh, want to find as many fronts as possible uh, to uh, keep Israel from hitting Iran itself uh, if uh, the uh, nuclear deal... Um, is aborted permanently. They would like to have a Lebanese front, a Gaza front, but this is not a major investment on their part. They are focused on regime survival because of the protests. They, um, as we mentioned elsewhere, uh, are cooperating uh, with the Russians. Gaza, uh, as always,
1: regarding uh, all aspects, is very, very minor. Just to interject uh, on one point, of course, uh, as is being currently done in the Ukraine war. Uh, when we're talking specifically about the Syrian front, another significant loss to the Russians was the fact that they were being studied continuously. Uh, and we heard General Kenneth McKenzie, who was uh, the commander of Sencom, and will soon also partake in uh, Watchmen Talk with uh, uh, you at uh, TV7 Watchmen Talk for. Uh, 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 one of the episodes, uh, he highlighted time and again, we saw, we tested, the Russians are not what they claim to be. They're far beyond uh, capable.
2: But nevertheless, they now appointed General Sorovikin, who was their commander in Syria and then was appointed head of the Air Force, even though he is not um, uh, an air crew member. He is now the uh, general in charge of their operations in the Ukraine. So yeah. they are trying to learn
1: from Syria and apply it to the Ukraine. Indeed, uh, the Russians do the same, of course, taking their generals from Syria and uh, putting them in the Ukraine. Uh, but we're drawing near to the end of the program, roughly two minutes uh, uh, to the end. So I'd like to hear uh, both uh, General Cohen and uh, Colonel Dr. Lehmann, uh, where are we heading from here? Are we going to see an increased involvement of Uh, the axis of evil, so-called, which uh, uh, seeks to unite and uh, establish a northern front or a multi-sector front uh, in posing threats to Israel, or is this too early to tell in what direction it's going to go? Uh, General Cohen, we'll start with you.
3: Yet unknown, but the trend is quite clear. We must pay attention to the effort made by Hamas to build the networking system to base themselves with the power not only in Gaza Strip. The fact that they are networking uh, with inside Gaza and outside in diaspora, in Turkey, at least uh, not maybe now, but before, in Qatar, in uh, Syria, it is a function that delivering them strategic and operational flexibility. It means that they can play a a new game with more fronts with Israel that can give them the opportunity to keep all the constraints that they are preferring to keep them in Gaza Strip and yet to be active in other fronts. So what we can really uh, find here is an effort to enlarge uh, the points of engagement with Israel and to enlarge their influence upon the whole region, not only to be uh, active in specific location in Gaza,
1: Dr. Lehman, you have half a sentence. I'm sorry, go ahead. I
0: agree, uh, but the, the, the field of battle is now uh, Northern Samaria, Janine and Nablus. This is where Hamas is trying to mobilize mal- Palestinian malcontents into its ranks while negotiating with the Palestinian Authority under Algerian auspices Indeed. for a political legitimacy that would give them uh, maneuverability also, uh, not only in the military, but also in the diplomatic field. We're facing a dangerous passage.
1: Well, this is all the time that we have for today. So I'd like to thank General Cohen, Dr. Lehrman, and Mr. Oren for being part of today's panel. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time.
0: Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.